Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer, joined in studio by Jeff Ruppberg and Jeff Cohen. Back with you on 610 AM Sports ESPN Radio. Thrilled to be joining you as you start your weekend and ready to talk about all the news in the sports world. Guys, this week Kevin Durant told us that if we don't like blowouts in the NBA, don't watch. Vinny Velasquez told us that he's clueless. We've got some great hockey leading into the Stanley Cup Finals, and somehow the Union have won four in a row their first time since they started their series. So there's a lot to talk about. If the callers want to join us on this or any of those topics, call us at 888-728-9941. Jeff Cohen, how are we doing? Uh, I'm doing great. It's the unofficial beginning of summer and Memorial Day weekend kickoff on our new time slot. So I'm excited to be joining hopefully a whole bunch of new listeners that are going home or uh, going to the shore. And uh, just a little bit about how we're going to be different, which is in addition to just talking sports, we're going to do so in a way that we hope is productive. The answers are knowledgeable and we're going to do it in a way that's fun. Yes. So you're welcome to call in and complain about your favorite foot sports team. But try to come up with a solution when you call in with a problem. Yes, we hope that the gratuitous shots will be about each other. <laughs> so, Jeff, Jeff Rutberg, how are we this week? Were you watching the Game 7 of the Stanley Cup last night? Absolutely. I was turning it on and off. Okay. But uh, I, I, I watched most of it. It was a great game. Uh, I was rooting for... Uh, uh, the team that didn't win. For, you were rooting for Ottawa. Ottawa, yeah. So you were rooting for the ratings killer. Uh, <laughs> maybe, yeah. Although I couldn't figure out how it would be with the ratings if a team from Canada was in it, if they would be better, or because it was Ottawa versus Nashville, national audience wouldn't care whether they care more with Pittsburgh or not. We will definitely well, talk well, more about that. Because Pittsburgh is the reigning Stanley Cup champion. And you can root against Sidney Crosby. Well, That's well, reason but, enough to watch the game. But keep in mind, in, in Canada, Sidney Crosby is incredibly popular. That's a very good point. So, you so make a lot there. of people from Canada, Canada will be watching. From Canada? Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> that's a good start to Friday. <laughs> so, and we have the opportunity to watch Peter LaViolette take out Sidney Crosby. That's right. So there is a little bonus to seeing uh, Nashville in the finals. Uh, it was great. Uh, Pittsburgh did win in double overtime last night. There is nothing like the intensity of Game 7 playoff hockey. I contest. I... I am on the edge of my seat, even when it's not my team. I wait for everything to happen. The the puck sitting in the crease. I'm jumping off my seat, uh, thinking that it's over. So I, it, it was, I was standing up the whole. The yeah, whole time. It, it was it was some exciting stuff. I I mean, I, you know, it's one thing to have your team there and be excited and root for it, but the anxiety that I would have had if that was my team going into oh, double overtime. No. It reminded me when the Flyers played with Keith Primo in Pittsburgh for that five overtime game, and just like the anxiety back and forth on every shot and every play. From the time they started that first overtime, every single person in that stadium was standing. Was standing. It was amazing. Yeah, their legs are definitely yeah. going to hurt today. So let, thinking of uh, hurting, uh, the Phillies record is hurting, <laughs> um, and the Phillies fans are hurting. What happened, Jeff Cohen, this week to the Philadelphia Phillies? Nothing new. Well, I don't know if it's this week. I think that there's been a pattern over the last month that the starting pitching has just kind of fallen apart. None of them can get past the fifth inning, which is also taxing an already taxed bullpen that wasn't excelling. And I think that everybody now is putting pressure on everybody else and on themselves to the point that nobody's doing well. Even the better players on the team, other than Aaron Nolan and his first start back, everybody seems to be struggling at the same time. So let's go through them one at a time a little bit here. Vinny Velasquez, uh, he jumped out at me this week. Everybody said he had a better start yesterday because he went five innings and didn't give up the loss. But before that, his previous start, 
He said he was clueless afterwards. <laughs> Does that inspire confidence in no. you as a Philadelphia fan when your starting pitcher believes that they are clueless? No, he said more than that. He said that he seemed to not have the competitiveness. He that he was that there was something missing. He was he doubting just himself. Lost. Yeah, and he he said that he was okay if they want to move him to the bullpen, which for anybody who has listened to this show knows. Vinny, I believe Vinny Velasquez belongs in the bullpen. So did you write that talking point for him? Just like slip it in after the game? No. But Dude, if, you're feeling sad. Here, read this. But it, but if yesterday, <laughs> all of a sudden, he has the answers to his problems, I hate to say it, he's pitched the same five innings that he's pitched in every game. He had a better fastball yesterday. Okay. That's but, why everybody said that he was better. He did the same thing. You're right. Five innings. And that is not going to do it for a starting pitcher in the major leagues. And... They are going to have to make a decision about that. But I will ask you the question, if not Vinny Velasquez, who else? I don't know, but but uh, just a quick stat here. Velasquez, the first time he faces batters, first time through the lineup, the batting average of opponents is 192. The second time through the lineup, the opponent's batting average is 286. The third time through the lineup, the bat, the batting average of the opponent is 364. So you're saying if he made it through the lineup 10 times, I might have a chance? But that proves the point, is that his first time through, he doesn't have four great pitches. He needs to be in the bullpen, use the fastball, use one secondary pitch, one time through the lineup or less, and he's going to be throwing 100 miles an hour, and it solves that problem at the end of the bullpen. Jeff, do you want to see Vinny Velasquez in the bullpen? Yes, I, I absolutely do. Um, I think he would be great for one or two innings. He could either be the setup man or the or the closer. So if they have a, opposing uh, batters have a 182 or so average against him the first time they see him, he could go for two innings. He needs to find a second pitch. He needs an out pitch. And if you want to join us to talk about it, you can join us on the radio, 888-728-9941. Call and give us your take on the Phillies or anything else going on in the sports world. Since we're talking about pitchers, I'm going to ask you, how is the pitching coach not on the hot seat? Bob McClure, who has gotten better as a pitcher other than – tell me who. Well, listen, McClure doesn't throw the pitches. No, he doesn't. He throws batting practice. He, he doesn't throw the pitches, but supposedly your pitching coach is supposed to work with you. And we've known that Vinny Velasquez can't go more than five innings because he's got one pitch since before he came up. Since before he was traded here, we've known that. And nobody in the Philly system has worked with him yet to develop that second pitch so that he doesn't just rely on the fastball. I think he is on the hot seat. I, I, I mean, look, you're not going to know. It's not like Klintak's going to come out and say McClure's on the hot seat. But they, they have talented pitchers. They don't have front-line pitchers, but they have a bunch of threes, and they have regressed from last year. Eikhoff was much better last year than he is this year. Nola was better at the beginning of the season than, than at the end of the season. Now, admittedly, he got hurt a little bit. But no, you're right. Nobody has improved at their position pitching. And he's not, and, and now he's starting to blame the catchers. There was a story that came out that McClure was giving the catchers a hard time because they weren't calling the right pitches. Well, when did, when did Rupp become such a, a veteran that he's calling the pitches without McClure sending out signals at the end of a game? And I, I remember them saying that, uh, they, that the catchers weren't framing the, uh, uh, pitch uh, well that, that behind the uh, plate. Isn't that the whole reason that Alfaro's not in the major leagues because they say he can't catch a game the way they'd like so far? If, if you don't like the pitches that are being thrown, you're the coach. Tell him to throw other pitches. 
Don't well, give your catcher that well, much for, independence to call the game if you don't like what he's calling. You know, one of one of these new age statistics is is how catchers are framing the pitches. New and, age, yeah, quote. <laughs> but but you can see a difference when you see a catcher who frames a pitch. He can get a couple inches on both sides, and it does help. That's not the problem with this Philly staff right now. Alfaro is hitting well. He's there's never been a question about his hitting, and he has a gun for an arm. Uh, I think it's worth maybe bringing him up here, especially if they're now talking about platooning Rupp and Knapp. So that means neither one of them is the long-term answer. Right now, the Phillies have the worst record in baseball. So I don't see what you have to lose by bringing up some of these people. You see these other franchises, they bring up their young talent. The Phillies leave their talent in the farm, and then there's a question about what it is. Okay, so we've talked about some of the cloudiness. Do you want us to have some sunshine around the Phillies, the good part of the week, or you just want to keep going yeah, with no, the bad? No, I don't know. Talk- Are you going to sing for us? No, I'm definitely not going to okay. sing. That, that would you. make people drive Let's off the road listening positive. to us. Right. No, no. We're trying to like have a good show where people don't turn it off. So, so singing will not happen for me. But uh, Aaron Altair this week continued to stay hot. Yep. yep. Aaron Nola came back and pitched well off pitched injury. really well. So those well, are a few bright spots. The, yes. And, but why did McCannon keep Elfin in the other day? Eflin. Eflin, sorry. He's not an elf. He's an elf. <laughs> All right. So why you guys are always on short people. I'm uh, telling you. What do short mean? people ever do to you two? Why did he? Why did they leave him in to get clobbered like that by the Rockies? I didn't understand that. Jeff Cohen and I were texting about why you do that. Again, I, I, I don't think they had anybody else. Well, that's if you, what, if you look at the five games before that, the the, the staff was taxed. At some point, somebody's got to stay in there, and sometimes you take your licks. I, I asked that on last week's show. Do, if you're Bob McClure or Pete McCannon, do you ever hope that the phone is just out? <laughs> it just it yeah. just doesn't work. Like, sorry, guys, busy. Like it's not getting any better when you bring in the bullpen guys. So let's let's go back to a position player that's uh, disappointing. Michael Franco was benched Tuesday and Wednesday this week. Your thoughts on disciplining players through benching? So far, he's hitting just 221 with a 281 on base percentage and 377 slugging percentage. He's is- batting a thousand with his helmet coming off every time he swings, though. That that's his problem. If you look at Mikel Franco's swing, shoes. exactly, his his body is completely out of position, and the bat is not going through the zone the way it's supposed to. And and they keep saying, and McKinnon has said, I I watch him in batting practice. He does all the right things, and then when he gets up there in a game, he goes and does this, which is all the wrong things. And if if he's not going to listen, then i got to find another answer, which, by the way, may be a guy who's sitting in AAA right now rehabbing, uh, Howie Kendrick, who is down there and played last night, played third base. He did. Were you surprised by that? No, I kind of saw it coming. I mean, Kendrick has played that position before. And I don't think that you can leave Franco here to just struggle like that, just like you can't do We're having the same problem. I, I assume we'll discuss next the next problem, which is Oduble. We'll get who, there in a sec. Yeah, so so you have two guys that are completely undisciplined at the plate. Completely. And, and you have a good batting coach, Matt Stairs, who's done a really good job with a lot of other players. I used to have a dog that was de- better disciplined than these guys are at the plate. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they swing at everything. They swing out of their shoes. Their helmets come off. I, I, look, I by no means am a professional, okay? So I'm not trying to criticize from a standpoint of I can do this better than you. But I can watch on TV that the pitcher's going to throw you a curveball or a breaking ball and know that you're going to chase it and almost fall over doing it. You know how, how some, in, in, when if you watch Little League, 
they purposely throw it um, high, a high fastball, <laughs> yeah, so the and, and the crowd goes swing, and often they do. That's the Phillies. <laughs> well, that's the Phillies right now. <laughs> it, it is frustrating to watch. Now, Jeff, you're a Cesar Hernandez fan. I am. So you, you yes. want to see him stay with the team. You think I he's do. playing well. Right. On the other hand, we have Jeff Cohen, who is watching Scott Kingery down in AAA, or down in the minors. Um, in AA, yeah. let, let's make the case for Jeff keeping Cesar here at the majors versus trying to move him or making the decision that Kingery or Hernandez is the future. Uh, I'll let Cohen go first on on Kingery. Well, here's the problem. I'm not necessarily saying that Kingery should be brought up at the expense of Caesar, although Caesar did play shortstop for a while in the minors. What I'm saying is is that right now you're struggling, and you have Caesar who has, has really come out of his shell the last year, year and a half. Um, th- there was a really good story today about Caesar when he got benched, similar to what Franco did, that the, that Boa went and sat down next to him and said to him, you know what you're doing here. You're, you're going to be a platoon player the rest of your career. If you don't, and, and Caesar thought he was joking, and he said, no, I'm serious if you don't fix it. And after that, he went four for four and had a great rest of the season, and he's kept it going. The, the question is, is Caesar going to get any better? And you have a guy who was a second-round pick in uh, Kingery who I, I observed him myself. He, he's a little guy. Don't say anything. But Which, what do you have against he's, little he's, people? He's and by the way, how, how, how tall is he that he's a little guy? I think he might be 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, that is not a little guy. Well, no, I'm 5'6". I'm a little guy. It, it's not the guy you would be expecting is leading all of minor league baseball in home runs. Yes. Okay. He's not. We bi- can agree on that. He's not built like Luzinski and just shorter. He, he is. He's not. He's got Caesar stature kind of. Okay. But he's he's incredibly gifted. He's he's strong-willed. He's got he looks like Utley the way he plays second base too. That's a heavy burden to yeah. put on somebody and, calling and it's, that. He's got that swing. He's got the line drive swing. Even though he's got all these home runs, even he'll tell you that it's not he's not a home run. All right, that's your case. Jeff so, Ruppert. So if you're thinking of Hernandez as an asset, Ah, the magic word, assets. Uh, I don't see. I would Jeff rather, Ruppert, I would special rather, word. If, if Crawford isn't ready to come up, Crawford's playing brutal down there. Then he's not the, ready for AAA. Yeah, well, and that's where he is. And it, so I would put Hernandez at shortstop and bring Kingery up. So you get you wouldn't, wouldn't have Galvis because I actually think Galvis has played good ball so far. Yeah, maybe he, he Galvis, seems to be the leader of the team. But maybe Galvis seems can to be. play mm-hmm. third base. Can Gal, Galvis play third? Well, you're now you're He's moving around your whole. Well, okay. Uh, they got to shake up something if they want to continue this season. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll set a record for futility. Well, they they might do that anyway. Well, they've done I don't. That I don't think they are. I know. I, I know that I get accused of drinking the Kool Aid per se, but I, I, I double I, shot for me, please. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I really don't think that the Phillies are going to set a record for futility. I think they're well, going to get a lot of this straightened out. Speaking of futility, though, the the fans are talking with their wallets. Uh, Monday night, twenty one thousand, the announced attendance. Tuesday night, seventeen thousand. I know there what were weather issues. Year? I don't know if this is up or down from last year. All I know is what I see this week. I don't mm-hmm. think it was seventeen thousand last year, and that's the announced attendance. So fans clearly are not satisfied with the product on the field. And the question is, will they become excited when they bring some new players up? Or if you go through a whole, I mean, it's not even Memorial Day this week. Mm-hmm. Like it's sad, it's Monday that it's Memorial Day, and the Phillies have the worst record in baseball, and 
we got a long summer ahead of us. You know, they were in first place at the beginning of the season. Well, everybody's in first place before you start yeah, playing. Yeah, but they, they were actually had a winning record, and they were in first place. Hey, well, I, I think they're going to have to – this is a year that people are going to have to be patient, not the rebuilding part, but figuring out what they do have and what they don't. I mean, they have Mark Appel, who they brought over in the Cole Hamels trade. you got to get rid of him. He, he has been a disaster in, in the minor leagues. He's had surgeries. They got they got to move some of these kids up, and I think that's going to happen. But it requires them seeing how the guys in the upper minors are doing. I'd I'd like to see somebody come up who could be a star here, because the Phillies have no stars. They don't have any. Uh, they, who's selling tickets? Who, who are we going to see when we when we get there? And it's a bunch of uh, no names who aren't doing well. Everybody's a no name when they come up. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's what you got to make a name for yourself. Right. All right. Let's before we go to break, we got a couple minutes. Uh, Jeff, you wanted to talk about baseball getting out of hand with throwing at people. I think well, Jeff before that, what about Odubel? That's right. I'm sorry. Oh, Odubel, I don't yeah. want to move on. Well, we may save that for the next segment. Odubel <laughs> Herrera had five strikeouts yesterday. Yes. Oh, for five. I, I've never seen that. I thought four strikeouts is a golden sombrero. Do they have a name for we, five strikeouts? I think we do now. We're have gonna, you created one? Um, I've created one. I'm going to trademark it now, which is the golden Herrera. Okay, so that's, that's five, five strikeouts, strikeouts in, a game. in one game. What right. is going wrong with Adubal Herrera? The same thing that's going wrong with Franco. It, it, they they just get in there, and it's just completely undisciplined swinging. And it, it, he... It's time for him to be benched and to bring up Roman Quinn. Right. You know, I, w- I would agree with that. You know how when a, a little kid, uh, um, four years old, five years old, learning how to play baseball, and you throw it to him, and he's flailing away trying to hit the ball. That's what you feel like watching him? That's right. That's right. And, and, and the little boys are really cute when they do that. But these guys Speak are not. Speak for yourself. I've coached a lot of those. Pro- professional <laughs> players, you don't find it as adorable no, when not, they not, not swing adorable and slot at things. Yeah. Your arm hurts as a, as a coach when you're throwing a lot of those pitches to the kids. All right, so I'm going to save the conversation about throwing at people to the next segment, and I'm going to ask you real fast, last question on the Phillies. Who do they have that can help them with their bullpen and their pitching issues? We've talked about position players, but we got two minutes till we go to break. What is there that gives me hope? Because you saw a pitcher the other night, Jeff, in AA, that Brandon sounded Lee like Brown. he threw junk ball. He was throwing 86 miles an hour. He only gave up one run, but there was a guy up here a couple of years ago named Tyler Cloyd, and he couldn't throw more than 82 miles an hour, and everybody thought because his record in the minors was so great that he must be a great player. Record is not indicative of anything in the minor you leagues. You said that you saw a Yankees prospect the other night who had a bad record in single A, moved to double A, and just dominated. He was 0-4 in single A. The Yankees move him up in his first game in double A. He throws eight innings. He's 6-7. He had 10 strikeouts in eight innings. I think he gave up two hits, and he's throwing 97, 98 miles an hour in the eighth inning. We, yeah, don't, we don't have anybody. We don't have anybody in the system like well, that. Well, we might, but they're all in single A. So you're gonna so you're gonna have to be patient, or we're gonna have to trade everybody. So and get like Mike Trout. Not only will my son pitch, be yes. not only will my my son be my newborn son be walking and potty trained by the time these kids come up here, he may be graduating college. Is that what you're telling no, me right I, now? I, I think baseball can change quickly. <laughs> I really do think the Phillies have a good system. The problem is identi- if 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 you're a person who needs a star. We we don't really we don't have, have one star. identified yet. It was going to be J.P. Crawford, but J.P. Crawford's batting 160. He's 0 for his last 16, 
and he just can't figure it out. I, it, I hope he comes out of it. We're, they think he's going to come out of it, but he hasn't shown it. I'm, I'm going to let Jeff Rupert take us to break on that piece of exciting news. <laughs> All right. You're listening to The Heart of Sports on 610 AM. When we return, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Phillies. We have one more segment to talk about, and then we'll talk about the NBA draft. Stay with us. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at one 337 3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. We're back. This is the Heart of Sports on 610 AM. I'm Jeff Rutberg with Jason Springer and Jeffrey Cohen. If you'd like to call us, the number is 888-728-9941. Okay, guys. There was some beanball that went on again this week. You all have differing opinions between the two of you. Again, Jeff Cohen, make your case on why you were not satisfied with the beanball that went on this week. Well, the beanball that started this week was the Dodgers and the Marlins. Okay. And they were upset that somebody swung at a 3-0 pitch. How dare they? Because the team was up by five runs. Five whole runs? That's right. That's so, a huge instrumental And Don Mattingly said that he should never have swung at a 3-0 pitch. Because we've never seen teams come right. back from five runs. So the Is this an- another one of those fake written, unwritten rules in yeah, baseball? Apparently it's an unwritten rule I was not aware of because... If the case is that you can't come back from a five-run deficit, then just call the game over so we can go home. I mean, it's. It, I thought the it, mercy rule was ten runs, not five. <laughs> there is no mercy rule <laughs> after three innings. <laughs> I, I was I was surprised by that. Okay, so so you did not like beanball down five zero, Jeff Rutberg. You believe that beanball at times I believe is okay as long as the accuracy is correct. Right. See, it's been going on for more than a hundred years in baseball. The brushback pitch. Some guy is uh, crowding the plate. You you throw it so that uh, high and inside, and he's got to get out of the way. If if uh, somebody's uh, a hot dog and runs around the bases after a home run and uh, gives it to you like, oh look what I did. The next pitch. So like goes, a bat flip or something. Yeah, like uh, what you do is you throw it within an inch of the chin. That doesn't concern you uh, as a former uh, nurse, the health of the player. No, if you no, ask. No. You, I, you can't. You, wait a minute. You can't hit the player. You don't want to do that. Well, but first they of all, it gives do. Him the base, but but don't hit the player. But they but do. Don't, don't throw it at his head. Just throw it high and tight or in, inside, 
and he's got to get out of the way. All right, Jeff Cohen, go for it. Uh, you know, you mentioned, we've talked about this before, and I keep thinking that I'm going to wake up from this. <laughs> that how How is it possible that you're saying with a straight face that some, it's okay to throw it with an inch of somebody's face that can break their jaw, it, but cause it a concussion? What do you mean it doesn't? It doesn't. They have I to believe get out of the there way. are baseball players there are who players have died. That have, yes, concussions. Yes, right. well, well, so yeah. is that like the price of but baseball? Don, Don Drysdale was great at it. Uh, there's been many pictures. So you just uh, you just have an old school mentality that you think that this is acceptable. I I, sp- I spoke to one of my uh, clients many years ago. Um, he 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 pitched for the Newark Bears, which at the time was a minor league team for the Still Newark yeah, Giants. Yeah, and he told you yeah. about the the brushback and, and, and the brushback, and yeah, yeah. He, I, he said that's that's normal. Yeah, you can't. You have to have respect for the other team. You have, you but is the way to, is the way to do it being somebody in the head? No, not to. I'm saying that you don't you don't hit him in the but head. But it happens. But, but, and but, so, but so, if you're good at it, no, you no, can brush no, him back. Jeff, you can't be good at missing somebody's head by an inch. Well, yeah, yes, you can, and the, and name, the umpire here, will not know. Name because it was one. high inside. Jeff, it's all ball Jeff, one. Name me one pitcher who has never walked that has walked zero batters in his career. I because, can't name. Yeah, that's right okay, because so. there is no way that the human body can throw the ball consistently one inch from someone's but like, chin. But take but it to you another can sport. Get it, uh, inside so that they have to duck. Take it or to or another sport. You down. said one inch from their chin. Well, a couple. You, you said you, throw you, it at their head. No. I, said, what, the give chin them a curveball. Your head. <laughs> That's part there, of your there head. is there is a way, and I've seen pitchers do it where they get it high and and, and in inside or inside, and if somebody's crouching the plate, it could even be. Can a we strike. agree that you guys are not going to agree on this? No, we're not going to agree. Can I ask no. you? Oh, we're going to go can outside ask, afterwards. Can I ask you? I'm a really good pitcher, and we're I'm gonna you're going to see whether you can sixty feet away with a yeah, baseball. Yeah, but you're not a professional. Whether player. you can just miss him by well, an inch. Well, but here, let's get back to what started this whole thing. It is is the the disrespect for the pitcher after someone hits a home run. You know, I watch soccer games, and they score one goal a game. But when they score it, they're allowed to celebrate. The NFL just loosens celebration penalties. Exactly. So why in the world is it showing up a pitcher if you flip your bat in the air to celebrate that you hit a home run? Or that it took you 17 seconds to run around the bases instead of 14 seconds? Or, Or did a high five or ran around the bases backwards? You know what, pitcher? Do your job. And if you don't do your yeah. job and you give up a home run... Suck it up. But, like, if it was the NHL, you couldn't take a swing at somebody's head with a stick, and if you just miss them, it's okay. Well, no, some no, of them are really good experts, and they've been swinging a stick within an inch of their chin, so it's okay. <laughs> it's a I, different I just, sport. I just don't I just, see no. how – I don't understand the unwritten rules of baseball. I barely understand the written rules at They're times so of that They're so oversensitive. It, it, and are. it goes past just the throwing at somebody. It's the self-discipline that they impose on each other for things that make no sense to me. Again, I will say – how many times, especially in this era of baseball, have you seen five-run leads evaporate in one inning, in two innings? You know, my, my, That's not a huge lead. My favorite is when somebody's throwing a no-hitter in the seventh inning and the other team, and they're only up 2 nothing, and the other team decides to bunt. That's the unwritten rule. So you can't do everything you want to come back and win a game. You can only do certain things to try to come back and win a game. It's I, ridiculous. I don't understand baseball's unwritten rules. You know what else I don't understand? I'm watching the NBA playoffs, and they're supposed to be competitive. They really are. They are. Uh, Darren Ravel tweeted. Right until the first commercial. Yes, Darren Ravel tweeted after <laughs> Golden State blew out San Antonio in Game 3 that NBA stood for National Blowout Association. 
in the midst of this, the Warriors are the first team ever to start the postseason with 12 straight wins. They're 27-1 and over their last 28 games. They scored 498 points in their series. If you look at Cleveland and Boston, Cleveland outscored Boston by 100 points. And Boston was Bo- the higher seed. Boston was the higher seed. Boston had three games so, so at the home. regular season means a whole Boston lot. Boston had three home games as the higher seed and did not lead that series at home for one second of basketball. But, but would you care so much um, if it was the Sixers yes. that, that were winning? The Look, Sixers I would take the, the win, but that wouldn't change my opinion about He's watching being no matter what. bad He's basketball. not the person that you need to worry about. I, for my sanity and my anxiety, I would love to see the Sixers in a blowout because I don't have to worry about it. But as a basketball fan looking to have a league, this is your showcase. This is your chance to be in front of the largest audience you have. And most of these games, you know, we joke, Jeff, you say that all you have to do is watch the last two minutes of the basketball game and right. you'll know what's going on. Right. Here, all you needed to do was watch the first two minutes of the basketball but, but game that, and you knew what was going on. But they that, were close. But that won't happen in the finals. Well, but that's it the might. point. You have to get to the finals to get that. That that's my problem is you you know there's such a disparity right now. There are seven all stars playing in the finals between these two teams. The the super team era, the the pack your team with players, the I'll take a pay cut when I have a to get a ring to make these teams what they are leaves everybody else out in the cold. Now Joel Embiid says, well, by the time we're good, LeBron James will be on the downside of his career, so don't worry about it. <laughs> right. By the time we're good or by the time we're healthy? One of them. They, <laughs> he's easy by there. the time they're healthy, they're all going to be moving on. So for the audience, not only have the games not been close, but now we have a seven-day break <laughs> in between when the finals That's start. good. People That's need good. to recover from all those close games. From all those exciting uh-huh. close games. Right. It's... It could, baseball, basketball could not have planned this worse if they tried. The only good thing that happened is that the matchup that people wanted from the start of the season is what they're going to end up with in the finals, and they better hope that it pays off. Because if you go through a whole playoffs where it doesn't, after what we had, I don't know what the fans are going to think. Well, we're going to watch the NHL playoffs until uh, the NBA playoffs start. And then there's always the Phillies and the Union. I never want to watch the, and the Phillies, soul. it seems like. Let's talk about the NHL playoffs last night, though. So I'm watching a game Boy, that, seven. That's, that's the complete opposite. That's of what I'm saying. About the, NBA. The, the contrast to me was spectacular. You even had Charles Barkley at halftime of the game last night saying, "I would rather watch the NHL." He, he said he wanted to go home, watch the NHL uh, playoffs, and then get back to the. Uh, NBA playoff by the end of the telecast. And he's being paid to broadcast the NBA game, and he's right. saying that. And well, you know I what? Think he, uh, I don't blame him. reason. I think he wanted to get out of there because he's a little afraid of Shaq right now. Yeah, they had, they had an interesting <laughs> week, the two of them going yes, back did. and forth. But you couldn't have more of a contrast. You had the Cavs up by almost 40 points, mm-hmm. and you had Ottawa tying it up with minutes left in the game going to a double overtime. It's a shame that the NHL has such a smaller audience. Because the quality of play in their playoff tournament is far surpasses. Every game is close. Is close. Is overtime. Is last minute goals. Is amazing saves. Is skill game and speed. All over and, the place. And to overtime me, games. there's nothing better than game seven in hockey. I, I love the the emotion of it. I love the passion. I love the handshakes at the end of the series. You. You literally lay your body on the line, and then you stand there and offer respect for the person 
who you're working with. And the fans in the stadium are they're just so loud. It in was every, in yeah. every one of those arenas. Nashville and Pittsburgh were really loud. Yeah, that, Nashville had a ton of people out in the streets too. You know, there's nothing like being at the stadium in a, either a playoff game or a, when the when the home team is really good. I, we had Flyers tickets for uh, season tickets for for 20 years, and to be there during the uh, playoffs and and the uh, and to be at the Phillies and the World Series, it's it's just really great. There's nothing like being at the stadium. We need our teams to be back there. Yeah. I, I, I want it. I want to see that so bad. It's so frustrating. Let's go back to the blowouts for a second. We moved off the NBA. We talked a little bit about the NHL. Kevin Durant, after Game Three, said, "If you don't like blowouts, don't watch it." I didn't. <laughs> he, I didn't either. Th- thanks for the invite. But he I already... walked it back afterwards. But what's your reaction, other than I didn't, when you hear a player say that? Now I understand he's trying to win. Blah 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 much more artful ways that you could say that but even that attitude you know don't don't spend your time then like i'm spending my time and money so that you all can get paid the reason that you have television ratings and tv contracts is because people watch you're telling your consumers don't watch my product if you don't like what it is i'm pretty sure when kevin durant was a kid playing in the playground or playing in front of his house that he wasn't taking a shot pretending that he was a player in the midst of making a three-pointer during a blowout he was, he was taking a shot, pretending it was the end of the game, and doing a buzzer beater. And His that, full and quote. That's what, that's what we all want to see, and he should start to realize that's what we want. Exactly. Everybody plays in the driveway. You know, you do the countdown, mm-hmm. so seconds on the clock, he wins, and you celebrate. Kevin Durant's exact quote was, fans want to see a buzzer beater every game. Right. It's not like that sometimes. If you don't like it, don't watch. That's incredible. We that just want to see like co- that. competition. That's what sports is supposed to be. Yeah, I don't need to see a buzzer beater. I'd like not to see down by 40 by the time I turn the TV on at the half. The most exciting thing that happened in either conference finals was when the Cavaliers made that buzzer beater at halftime. To to have the biggest lead ever at halftime. It really was disappointing conference championships. We can only hope that the finals are some better basketball and offer some things up. Uh, I think Durant... With the statements he's made, is no longer the the, the golden boy. In no, the he's going to wear the black hat now. I, I think that a lot of people are going to go over to LeBron's side, and that, that there'll be more Cavs fans than Golden State. Will be interesting to see what people do. Do you know that LeBron's been in the finals since before John Wall was in the NBA? Well, that's good. He's a he played, played in eight great. finals now. That's great. He's, he's he. I think he's now the leading scorer in playoff past, history. Past Jordan. He, yeah. he is amazing. We'll let people have that debate about Jordan and LeBron another day. I do want to talk about your boy again, though, uh, LeVar Ball. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Cohen. Another quiet week Your boy, for another LeVar, quiet no? week for LeVar. Now, let me preface this before I let you say what LeVar did by having the Philly angle on this. There is a report that Lonzo and LeVar said that they would not work out for the Celtics. The Lakers have the number two pick. And there is conversation between agents or teams or something that he may work out for the Sixers. After this agent meets with the Sixers. So clearly... And by the way, I don't think you're right. I don't think Lonzo and LeVar said it. I think LeVar said it. Well, of course. So that's part but of But it's about Lonzo. Okay, so yeah. go ahead. Your, your take. So the, late, the latest is LeVar decided to cross another line. Yeah, what lines? Kyrie Irving was asked a question about LeVar and Lonzo. And he said his father should take a step back. And just kind of let Lonzo handle this for now. He didn't say it in a malicious way. He didn't. He wasn't being nasty about Lavar. He didn't tell him to shut his mouth or anything like that. He made a suggestion. Lavar's response was to say that 
that Kyrie didn't grow up with a mother. I, I, I you didn't really, find that appropriate. I was nauseous. I, I really was. That to think that he knows that somebody grew up without a mother. Just so everybody knows, Kyrie's mother I think passed away when he was when he's four old. years old. And to to throw that back in somebody. Could I ask face, what is the relevance to begin with? I don't know whether she was but, but passed I, away or not. But but I I know that he is. Lavar is making this an impossible task for for everybody that was you know when they were 20 years old or 22 years old, whether you were graduating for co- from college or going to your first job. That is the biggest life change you will ever have, and the last thing you need is a parent spouting off making enemies of everybody in the profession that you're going to have to deal with. Jeff Rupberg, your opinion of LeVar Ball and the situation? Well, Lonzo, let me talk about Lonzo for a minute. I think he's a very good player. Uh, I don't think he would fit in the 76ers plan. How is he going to work with Ben Simmons? Well, they um, say that he's a passer and that he would work with him. I, I have questions about that fit as well. Ben but, Simmons but, is the passer. That's what I thought. I thought he was right. going to be the distributor and the right. player. Somebody has to shoot. Yes. So uh, I, I think uh, Lonzo is a good player. The problem is that do, do the, does Philadelphia need another uh, uh, guy with baggage, with the father? Do, do we need something like that, that kind of distraction? And what? I say no. And you're particularly not a fan of overbearing parents. You right, didn't like, like the Lindros, the Lindros parents. Parent and, and, uh, so you, that's an issue for you in general that right. colors how you feel about athletes right. in I this town want, when their parents... Want, I don't want that here. It, it, it's going to be all-consuming every game. This you, also is not the right organization for that. There, there are organizations that deal with problem players better than others. Those are the ones that are often winning a lot. They're the ones that with strong leaders and strong figureheads, not only as players, but but coaches in front office. You cannot point out on the Sixers who that... Brett Brown's done an okay job. I don't think he comes across as a strong figure. There's nobody on the Sixers who has any experience winning, so every time somebody else says something, LeVar's just going to say, what have you done? You just don't have the infrastructure here to handle the turmoil that's going to come with him. I would like him to work out for the Sixers. Then the Sixers could see how they're going to defend against him. Because I don't think he's going <laughs> to Or see if they here. fit he, together. He can. Right. Remember, we, we talked about this before. His shot has a weird quirk in it where he comes down before he goes up. And yeah, he's, right. he's going to have his shot blocked a lot unless he changes it. Right. So I, I think it would be good for him to come here and, and, uh, and work out. That's but, not uh, going to do anything. Well, the scouting staff is going to learn it. So let me ask you your Sam Hinkie meter. How do you feel about Sam Hinkie this week? <laughs> Get out of here. No, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm here. serious because the, the Sixers now have the third pick in the draft this year. Yeah. They've got Cork Moss overseas from last year who's a shooter. Two first-round picks they next year. they got two first-round picks next year, two first-round picks the year after. You still thinking that you can't trust the process at all? No. Still had the third worst record in the NBA last yeah, year. Yeah, they haven't proven anything. They haven't done anything with anything. So you're a show me person. You yeah, you, show you me. don't right. see the potential because I'm starting to read articles about the quote pieces that the Sixers have, the young athletes that if they're healthy if. could if. be if. something. And you're starting to see that that narrative written about Sam Hinkie mm-hmm. and yeah. it will be interesting to watch how Sam Hinkie is viewed as this goes forward. But how many 
teams have you have you t- uh, have we seen that on paper they look great? They'll they'll win the Super Bowl. They'll win this. They'll win that. And they haven't done anything. So let me ask you a question: If if the Sam Hankey bright side of situation works out, and Bede's healthy, Simmons is healthy, Sarge is a player. You get your pick this year. You bring in a free agent, and now you've got two first rounders this year, next year, and two first rounders the year after. And you have Poythers. And you have Poythers. Do you feel any better about Sam Hankey no, as we go to break? No, because no, it, it's still it has again nothing's happened. Okay, so you're a show me person. Right. Jeff, take us to break. All right, you're listening to the Heart of Sports on 6:10 a.m. Sports. It's time for our final break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the players who played in Philadelphia who should have had their numbers retired. Maybe. Think about it. Our phone number is 888-728-9941. We'll be right back. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. Great to be back with you on the Heart of Sports on 610 AM Sports. I'm Jeff Rutberg, along with Jason Springer and Jeffrey Cohen. Our phone number, again, is 888-728-9941. Okay. So we started last week. We had Keith Jones on as a guest, and we asked him whether Eric Lindros should have his number retired. And we talked about it a little bit. Consensus was, although Jeff had some opinions about whether or not how he left the family, everything like that, Seemed to be Lindros should have his number retired. Mm-hmm. He's one of the only Flyers who's in the Hall of Fame that has not had. He's the only Flyer who's in the Hall of Fame that doesn't have his number retired. So it got us thinking about who else in Philadelphia could potentially have their number retired. So I'm going to let Jeff Cohen throw out the first name for debate. Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy uh, Rollins. Yeah. Make your case. Jimmy Rollins came here when the team was not good. Stayed here for 14 years. He was the backbone of that team. He's the one that said, why not us? He's the one that was the leader of the team. He had over 2,500 hits, gold gloves, MVP, all-star game, World Series. Are you trying to talk me into this? And and if you look at, if you ever look at baseballreference.com, they'll compare players to other players based on their, their relevant statistics. Barry Larkin, Hall of Fame. That's who he's compared to as far as his statistics. So you're a yes for Joe Rollins. Joe Morgan, 
Ryan Sandberg, and Alan Marr. All second basemen who didn't play as, as good as Rollins also played on defense. One other thing. He is seventh all-time in home runs by a shortstop in the history of Major League Baseball. Okay, so let's retire his number. So Ruppberg's a yes. Okay. Wow, you does switched it, on that one. Does well, it matter? Is he going to make the Hall of Fame? No, probably not. He's probably on the edge. He should. If if Larkin made it, he should make it. So you would retire his number even though he wasn't in the Hall of Fame because of his contribution to the team? He's one of the greatest top ten Phillies of all time. Which would put him in the wall of fame. Would that retire his number? I think he should. Am I just stingy that I don't like to retire numbers? Uh Maybe it's because I like to wear the jerseys. Uh, You can still wear them. I mean, we'll talk about everybody, and I'll I'll give a spoiler. I am the stingiest one here. It seems like the only one that I want to retire is Lindros. (laughs) So so we've got got Rollins. Mm -hmm. We talked about him. Okay, let's talk about some of the other Phillies that were on that World Series team. I'm going to throw a couple names out, and you guys say yes or no why. Um, Carlos Ruiz. No, he was a really good catcher. He was good for the Phillies. He, uh, people really liked him. He was popular. Um, I don't think he belongs in the uh, Phillies Hall of Fame. So not in the Wall of Fame either or number retired. Oh, I think he belongs on the Wall of Fame, yeah, just not wall, to retire his not, number. Right, don't yeah. we put okay. everybody in the Wall of Fame for the Phillies? No, it's one person per year. I so, know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So we'll have a lot from that team. Okay. Uh, Chase Utley. Um, he was He was good. It, his potential was better than what he actually did. If if he had stayed healthy, you would be having this discussion. I don't think that he should have his number retired. But you would put him in the Wall of Fame. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, I mean, so I put that whole infield minus Pedro Feliz in the Hall of Fame. So you would retire Rollins and not Utley because that's you know Utley. Although Rollins was more the voice, Utley the fans seemed to really buy into him. But if you look, you you cannot compare the statistics. It's right. not It's not even close. Right. Okay, let me give you some pictures. Cole Hamels and Roy Halladay. Both did different things for this team. What do you think? Wall of Fame, not uh, not having their number retired. I mean, yeah, me too. Hamels was here for a while. He was the World Series MVP. Um, he, was just, he was great when he was here. Roy Halladay had probably the best three years any player's ever had in this city. I mean, he had no hitters. He I had, had my T-shirt games. that had the four aces on it. Yeah. When the four starting pitchers. But, but the four aces never won the World Series. No, they so. never did anything. Nope. Yeah. It was terrible. Well, they was, made it there. It was frustrating, they, yeah. too. Okay. Ryan Howard. Uh, um, hmm. I think uh, Howard was one of the best uh, uh, Phillies uh, ever, don't you think, with the uh, 58 home runs and uh, all those. Uh, he, he had some great years here. He was the MVP. So I would say yes. He would retire his number. I'd retire his number and stick him on the wall. Okay. He is the best first baseman that the city's ever seen. Um, but I would not retire his number. I would definitely put him on the wall of fame. You would put him on the wall of fame. Mm-hmm. I would put him on the wall of fame. I yeah. wouldn't retire his number. But again, I'm I'm stingy for some reason. Right, right. I just okay. don't like. I don't if, know why. Look, I'm, if you had said to me five, am I years just too ago, cheap to buy additional jerseys? Yes. Is that like what it is? Is yeah, that what yeah, comes? I don't down even to? know why we're asking that question. I mean, I well, I guess. I mean, <laughs> our listeners will learn that about me. Uh, it comes down to that. Um, Shane Victorino, loved by fans, on that team. And then I'm going to give you one name of Neither. of somebody that the fans liked from a 93 team that Jeff Ruppberg likes, uh, Jim Eisenreich. And either of them for Wall of Fame or number retired? No. 
neither Wall not, of Fame nor not, not even close. Jeff Rutberg, you like uh, the story of Jim Eisenreich. Jim Eisenreich, yeah. You uh, believe he was inspiring yeah, to people. He was. I, so I think he'd belong on the Wall of Fame. So Why? his but, story but, over but, his play puts him in the Wall of Fame or his play? His play and his story. No. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was good. He's a good pinch hitter and a, and a good uh, pinch starter. Pinch hitter? Yeah, he, I, I remember him as being... Uh, um, uh, I was disappointed when he Jeff Cohen welcomed to my world I, I, of the stage. I I, ad, I admire Jim Eisenreich for what he's accomplished and what he's overcome. He played four seasons with the Phillies, okay. strictly as a platoon player. Never batted more than 362 times in a season. Okay. How in the world can you retire his number based on statistics? No, no, I don't want his number retired. I want him up on the wall. Or of wall fame. of fame. Yeah. He, he he was he was a role player. All right, two more former Phillies who left the city from different eras: Jason Worth and Scott Rowland. <laughs> neither, neither, neither of them stick. They they Rowland won this championship with another team, so the the other team can retire his number. <laughs> uh, Jason Worth was very good here. In fact. Uh, I visited the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown a few years ago, and uh, they have these lockers from every World Series uh, team. Um, and for the Phillies, uh, they have Jason Worth's uh, cleats. So he's already uh, partway there in the Hall of Fame. So don't retire his number and put him maybe up on the Maybe on the wall. I don't know. Maybe in an obscure spot. Is that spot. colored by the way he left? Yes, yeah, like I'm, I'm color, right. Yeah, and, he, and he's a Philly killer now. Well, he is a Philly killer, and I, and I think it's important to remember with Worth that he was basically nothing before he came here. He was a journeyman he who had injured. been injured coming yeah. from the Dodgers mm-hmm. and made himself into a $100 million player. I don't begrudge the guy for taking the money that the no, Phillies weren't right. and shouldn't have given him. Right. All right, let's, let's start with the first point. The cleats in the Hall of Fame... Just so we can get rid of that argument, Eric Bluntlet, Bruntlet's jersey's in the Hall of Fame. Okay, yeah. So you don't right. go so by memorabilia the in the Hall play, of Fame. It, it, you can see his number four jersey there. But um, Jason Worth, you know, I like the fact that people kind of boo him, but in, in a good-natured way when he comes back. Jason Worth did nothing wrong by leaving. The Phillies were not going to give him the money that he was able to get, and it wasn't even close. It wasn't like Jason Worth was only leaving a couple million dollars on the table. We were talking big money that the Nationals were willing to spend at the time. I hear our producers booing from the other side of the glass for Jason Worth. They're, <laughs> they're just not fans. And look, I don't. I'm not a fan either. But I don't but, blame but, them. But he did a lot while he was here. He, he did. He helped them win a World Series. So you would put him here. in the Wall of Fame? No, no. Uh-uh. Okay, no. So you think he he's... wasn't here long enough either? Okay. How about Scott Rowland? Jeff Jeff Rutberg says no. Now I'm going to give you some stats. He spent seven seasons most with the Phillies in most of his 17 seasons. He mm-hmm. had 150 home runs with 559 RBIs, stole 71 bases. In addition, he was the 97 Rookie of the Year, got four gold gloves, one silver slugger, and made an all-star appearance while he was a Philly. I think he was a really good player. But, but I don't think he was long here long enough. And I, I just, uh, you know, there has to be some greatness to this. And, and while he was a very good player... And I think he was treated poorly on the way out by fans. Um, I just don't see his number. Obviously, his number not being retired, but also I don't see him being on the Wall of Fame. All right. Let's move on from the Phillies. I got a friend who loves Randall Cunningham. He's got a signed jersey. He's got it framed. He loves Randall, the ultimate weapon. And the Kelly Green. And the Kelly. I I love the Kelly Green jersey. I wish they would go back to that. Oh, my God. Would you retire Randall's number? He's in the Ring of Honor, the Ring of Honor Wall of Fame that the Eagles have. Would you retire his number, 
based on Jeff, you believe he revolutionized the position. Mm -hmm. He had virtually no coaching and few weapons. Uh, What Uh, do you think? uh, When you say Randall Cunningham, you think Hall of Fame. He was that good, but he's not. He he, but he's not in the Hall of Fame. You're right, but but he he. When you hear him, if you have a discussion with somebody and hadn't had this discussion now. And somebody said, "Is Randall Cunningham in the Hall of Fame?" You wouldn't immediately say no. You'd have to look it up because you would think that he was, wouldn't you? He he did. Rel- I know that we had Fran Tarkenden at one point, but he revolutionized the game he played, and he had to do it all by improvisation because Buddy Ryan didn't even know there was an offense that his team was supposed. He to was have. certainly the ultimate weapon, correct? For the for team. a long time, Jeff Rupperg, would you retire his number? Um, well. There's a couple things. Um, he actually had some really uh, good years in Minnesota after uh, uh, he left the Should Eagles. we count that for his Phillies career? Because he made um, the playoffs and almost made the Super Bowl until Morton Anderson destroyed his dream. But and Well, and that's the other thing. The, the Eagles didn't win anything with him as quarterback. Is that his fault? Uh, because once he got uh, coaching and weapons, he played a lot better in Minnesota. Right. And so, so, you know, again, it's the coaching and the players. They kind of go together there in terms of it. Again, I would not retire the number just because I'm stingy. The only current or former athlete uh, that does not have their number retired by a team in Philadelphia that I think should is Lindros. Uh, Mm. It's just it's the only one that that I'm kind of willing to go there. Uh, Terrell Owens played one year here. One year. Would you do anything with him? Just I forget just put, about him. I would just put the tape over the back of his jersey and put a vaunt there. And I and I <laughs> and I say these names because these were names that were given to me throughout the week on Facebook when I solicited questions from people. So if you don't like it, you can take it up with the people who commented on my Facebook page. Uh, hey, I, I do have a question though. Did, didn't they retire Donovan McNabb's number? Um. Don't know. Number five will always love yes, you. Yes, number five will always love you. So uh, we may so, need to get that audio so are, for a future are, are, week. Are you telling me that Donovan McNabb was a better quarterback here than no, Randall Cunningham was? I don't and think so. Randall Cunningham took them to the playoffs five times. So I, I I don't understand why Donovan McNabb makes the cut. Well, again, you didn't ask me whether doesn't. Donovan McNabb should make the cut. You just asked me whether but he, he did. The reality of the situation have, is, I don't think Donovan McNabb I wouldn't have retired there, but number. I believe Randall Cunningham yeah. does. I would not have retired Donovan McNabb's number. So the comparison of Donovan to Randall for me for retired numbers doesn't work because well, I wouldn't put to. either of them in. Because the, the bar's been set. With so the, the, the bar is... I don't like that bar. Why do I have to go with it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. The so, bar's too high for me, okay? I'm short. <laughs> so, so so let's retire his number. All right, so you'll retire. Okay. So that's some of who would we retire uh, in future weeks. We can talk about whether anybody in the city has the potential in 20 years to be retired. <laughs> right now they may be down in like single A or in high school still to be drafted by our teams. No pressure, Carson. Right. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk this week. The NFL made some changes. Yeah. It's going to be different this year, guys. Overtime now, 10 minutes. Good. But if you score in overtime, you could do a really good celebration. Yeah. So they changed the celebration rules. Uh, mm-hmm. They codified things that you are and are not allowed to do. So you can do group celebrations. You can do dances. I you, think it's a good step. You still cannot dunk it over the crossbar. Right. Which I I think is less about 
the action That's and injuries. more about not wanting to, it to be misbalanced for the person that pulls down. I think somebody actually got injured doing that. I would, I think that people get injured reasons. jumping into home plate after they hit a home run and slip. Right. I, 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 the, the, those injuries always kill me when somebody does something great and then all of a sudden they lose it all. But, you know, let's, let's give, for once, give the NFL a little bit of credit here. The, the NFL has been called the no-fun league, rightly, for a long time. Rightly. Yeah. And, 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 and now they're saying, look... We understand that despite our popularity, we need to start acting in such a way that we bring in younger people. So for the most part, older uh, viewers will sit there and scowl at this every time they score. Okay, well, for 10 seconds, you can scowl or you can turn away. But for younger viewers, I asked my son this. My son is 14. And I asked him this morning, I said, hey, by the way, what do you think of this role? Oh, he loves it. He goes, it. I like it. Yeah. Because when, they, when they're when they playing Xbox, they and playing do a celebration. Exactly. I, it's all, so so it, who, who is the market geared towards? It's geared towards their generation. We're, our generation, they want us to watch, but they have to worry about the future. And I think that this is a forward-looking step. Jeff Rupert, how do you feel about the changes to the 10-minute overtime and the celebration? I don't I don't really care. Uh, that's, that, that's fine. Um, it, it'll 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 uh, shorten the game. More ties. Uh, yeah, more ties. And but a tie. It'll shorten three games a year. Yeah, but a, a tie can can mean the difference between getting into the playoffs or not. Absolutely. So I, I don't I mean, like the guys that they did it. They did it under player safety. And as long as you've got not. players playing on like all these different nights of the week, and you don't really care about their body as much. Don't come to me and tell me you're going to cut five minutes off of maybe three games cut a year. Thursday nights out. That's no, what they no, should I don't, do. I don't want them to do that. I like, I like the Thursday night So you games. like watching bad well, football. Well, guess what? There's not a single NFL player that likes it. Not one. <laughs> well, I guarantee you can't find well, one because Jeff isn't quite as sore watching from his couch. Well, but it's, it's ruining the game. <laughs> right. Well, I, I just don't like the uniforms. Oh, you don't like the color <laughs> rush. Like they are p- pajamas. So I'll give you a funny story about that. The first year they did that with the Jets and the Bills, I'm red color, and green. I'm, I'm colorblind, uh-huh. and so the red green color, the red green jerseys, totally killed. Were me. you one of the people that called in? Because they apparently got a whole bunch. of I calls. didn't call to complain, but I absolutely <laughs> complained to people. It was it was very difficult for me. I have a hard enough fi- time following I, I, things. I, anyway. I don't understand that. How many games are there a year that go to overtime in the NFL? And how many of them actually go more than 10 minutes? It's not about the actual impact, I believe. It's about saying that you tried to take steps. You know this is an attorney. You know this is an attorney. It's about showing that you took actions to correct a problem that you had. But but as an attorney, I will also tell you that credibility matters. Jeff Ruffer. And that's an incredible statement. Before we go, you wanted to congratulate Joe Banner this week. Yes. He got an award, right? Yeah, he got an award. He was uh, uh, inducted into the Philadelphia Jewish Sports Hall of Fame this past Tuesday He's the one that taught Howie Roseman about balancing the salary cap. You're hoping it rubs off? Yeah, and he was a better evaluator of talent than Howie has been so far. So I think uh, Howie's I, done well in the last two years, all well, things considered. Well, Wait, what did Joe Banner do? They, they went to the playoffs a lot more often. They even went to the Super Bowl. I don't think people like Joe Banner winning this year. Well, <laughs> I, I, the, the people didn't like Joe Banner. He was. You must uh, have liked him. He's a big fantasy guy. Oh, I think Joe Banner is very entertaining now that he's mm-hmm. not here. I haven't really been. I didn't blame Joe Banner. I thought he was the cap guy. I actually thought that he did things that were revolutionary in terms of how creative they were with salary deals mm-hmm. and getting ahead and looking out for that. I didn't find that to be a problem. Last word, guys, on our first Friday here. We'll be joining people every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. Jeff, you want to take us into the weekend? Uh, I hope everybody has a happy, healthy, and safe Memorial Day weekend. Don't forget about our troops. That's right. 
and I'd like to uh, wish uh, uh, good health to everybody uh, who's driving in the uh, Indianapolis 500. That's right. Be safe. Know, uh, be, that they be safe. And I hope the Phillies make uh, uh, some, um, some, moves? Uh, some moves that uh, Velasquez goes in the bullpen and, cool. and cool. somebody comes up. Well, when we come back next week, we'll be able to talk about it. Thank you for joining us this week on The Heart of Sports. Thank you to our producer, Brett, for doing a great job behind the board. He didn't make us sound too bad, so it's all good. Good thing you don't need video to do anything with my face. Make sure to join us next Friday night. We'll help you start your weekend in style. Have a great Memorial weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Drive safely.